TransformerStuff.com presents In the Holding Room with Christian Abbott. Welcome, everybody. You're in the holding room with me, Christian Abbott. We have an amazing show planned for you. The incredible Nicolette Hart is here, and she's going to be dropping value bombs. And she talks about the process she went through to audition for Rent, as well as Bette Midler, amongst other things. Some great lessons to be learned from her. I'm also going to be helping you fall down the musical theater rabbit hole and finding music that you should be familiar with. And Sean Michael Flowers is back to make fun of me, but also to tell you why you shouldn't be singing like your Broadway idol. All this in the holding room with me, Christian Abbott, brought to you by PerformerStuff.com. Performer Stuff was created to meet the needs of folks just like you, performers, educators, and professionals in the entertainment industry. At Performer Stuff, you can search our online store for monologues and music for your next audition or to use in your classroom. On our More Good Stuff blog, you can access hundreds of articles and how-to lists created just for you by industry professionals. There are dance and voice classes and workshops at PS Academy. Plus, you can download podcasts and shows just like this one featuring performers and entertainment pros from around the world. Basically, it's an online community just for you. So check out the website at performerstuff.com or follow us on social media. Today in our Performer Spotlight segment, we have an incredible talent. She did the national tour of Greece and the Civil War, as well as Rent. She was also on tour with Bette Midler in her Kiss My Brass tour, as well as her Divine Intervention tour. Off-Broadway, she appeared in Chick Six and the Million Dollar Quartet, and she actually appeared on Broadway in the Million Dollar Quartet, as well as Legally Blonde, Rent, and she was in the original cast of The Wedding Singer. Please welcome to the holding room, Nicolette Hart. Nicolette Hart, thank you so much for joining me today. How's everything going? Amazing, you know, considering 2020, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. If you could, you know, help our audience out with maybe one of the stories of your audition process for one of the shows you've been in. Well, I think my, I will start at the beginning chronologically. So, you know, Rent opened uh, the year that I was graduating college. And so the audition um, process was hot that whole, my whole last year of college. So I was um, taking the train into New York and, and auditioning. Um, and, you know, at that time, I feels like a long time ago that I got my degree and I feel like programs have changed so much and the training has changed so much and the, everything has changed so much, social media and everything. Um, I felt a little bit on, in an, on an island and on my own. And, um, you know, I was trying to be something that I thought I needed to be. And the casting director, who I love to this day, Bethany Berg, who's now Bethany Knox, um, was so good to me and saw something and just kept working with me and kept saying, come back. You know, yes, here's this. I'm going to tweak this. Come back. And she kept calling me, which was really great because I you know, wasn't represented. I was still in school. And so I kept, I kept coming back. And I stopped trying to dress like Maureen. I let the leather pants go. I let the leopard print go. I let all the, you know, I was overdoing everything. And I was trying to be what I thought the character was rather than letting the casting people see who I was and then let them see who I could be. Right. So I was covering up myself 
because I didn't know who I was yet. Sure. And just trying to dive into that character and they didn't trust it, which is something that I teach so so strongly today is that they really want to see who you are first. They don't want to see that character come in the door. That is so great. And I think a lot of young performers do the same thing. Maybe they get a little too costumey for auditions mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. they try to try to be what they think the casting director wants them to be. Absolutely. And that's, I think it's scary because it takes a while to find yourself. Yeah, so to, to be confident in that in yeah. who you are is a huge deal. That's, yeah. That's great. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. yeah, of course. And of course, we go to school preparing for the jewel tone, the ladies anyway, prepare for the jewel tone dress and the, and the heel, which doesn't exist in New York. It just doesn't exist. They don't, they're not looking for that. And so, I mean, if you happen to love a jewel tone dress, go ahead, but it's not required. It's not, you know, and, and so to realize how sort of casual and real auditions were was a big eye opener for me. So what did you initially sing when you went to that rent audition? So... I sang a Pat Benatar song. All right. And after the initial audition, when I would, I was, after the initial audition, I was given um, the performance piece and Take Me or Leave Me. So okay. every time after that I came back, I, we were working that material specifically. And, um, you know, there's a running joke that it takes on your 13th audition for Rent, you're about to get it. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, it's a, it, was, it was a thing. And um, I don't know if I hit 13, but it was um, somewhere in that vicinity. Um, and what had happened was Beth connected me with an agency that was just starting up in New York and said, hey, um, do you want to audition for this for this woman who's starting this, this agency called KSA, which is now KMR? Um, and so I had... I had representation going to the city, which was huge. So, which is why I push my students, you know, if you want to be in New York, get there, do, do those auditions, send those self tapes and get your face out there, yeah. you know? So that, that's a great testament to your resiliency to keep going back. I think some people might've just said, oh, I didn't get it. You know, I, I've been to a rent audition, you know, they, they don't want to see me. I mean, to you know, you know, the show is important to me. The show is important to me. It, and I still think of like rent feels like that, that VIP membership that, that people wanted to be a part of. There was something about rent for me, who was more of a musician growing up. And, and, and I listened to a lot of popular music. I was like a Nina Simone, Shaka Khan, Fleetwood Mac, Toto, right. less than, um, you know, less than I didn't grow up listening to all the greats and, uh, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein and Berlin and all of that came to me a little bit later. So a show like Rent spoke to me because everyone in it is such a creature and and it, it speaks to individuality. And at the time, I didn't know who I was, but there was something about it that felt like something I had to conquer. And yeah, that's why it became sort of a quest. Uh, what about The Wedding Singer? The Wedding Singer was an original production. You were an original cast member. What's yeah. it like to go out for a show that maybe you couldn't research at all? Mm -hmm. Well, it was interesting because um, I was being brought into that audition as a, I knew I was being brought in as potential dancer track which for me was a little daunting, but I was so, uh, I was so committed to um, making my agents happy and to um, showing Rob Ashford that I could actually do it. Cause I'd never thought of myself as a dancer first. 
but I was thrown into it and worked really hard in between the auditions and prior to the audition to make sure that I would walk in there knowing all the partnering and understanding what was going to be asked of me, but also knew that there were two roles that I was right for. And so I, you know, I prepared that material that I knew I would potentially be asked to do for the Linda Holly role. Okay. And was fortunate enough to get those opportunities to, to, to do all that. And then ended up understudying both of those roles. Um, my dear friends, Felicia and Amy, um, and got to be one of the dancer couples and work with T. Oliver Reed every night. And, you know, it was just, uh, it was a blessing. I felt like I was given a gift and I, and I worked really hard to take care of it. So you got that audition through your agent then? Yeah. Yes. And, and did you bring your own material to sing or did they provide you with songs from the show? I, I sang my own material. Um, at the time, at the time I had, I had Pat Benatar in my book. I had, um, I can't make you love me in my book. Uh, the, uh, Mike, Mike Reed wrote that song. We can talk about that later. That's from my Nashville days. Um, that was a Bonnie Raitt hit. Um, and I had, um, a couple heart songs like never. Right. Uh, and then I had Miss Bird and Vanilla Ice Cream and Naughty Baby and all the things like in the back of my book that I thought, well, maybe somebody will ask me to do something more. <laughs> right? Um, and so I was cranking out those same few tunes at auditions. I really, um, but I was fortunate because when you go with the agent, I mean, this is so, so lucky. You get handed the callback material sooner than later. So you're not having to use your, your book as much. Sure. Which was a plus and a minus, really. Walk us through what it's like to be in that room. You know, um, it was it was a lot of creatives right away. Um, so there was a se- sense of pressure. There was a sense of, okay, all of these opinions are mattering right now. It's all happening right now. Um, but James Sampleiner, the conductor, was so amazing. And the energy, you know, Bernie Telsey, their energy has always been so wonderful in the room they're so warm and welcoming that's one thing that i remember most of my uh most if not all of my credits come from bernie telsey so i feel lucky because they were so good to me they were so kind and and warm and they knew that that's how you get the best out of your performers how you get the best out of your auditioners um and a lot of it too is you know we as performers have to block that noise and block all the questioning and just go in and and perform and not try to do anything. And it's so easy to say in retrospect, but that was the constant battle. And that was the constant talk that I would have with myself. It's like, go in there, show them your tools. If they're the right tools for this party, you're going to be invited. And if not go to the next party, it's just, you know, I, I, I preach that. So, so heavily there's a, there's a place for everybody. Um, you just can't force it because they can smell it <laughs> as soon as you walk in, you know, and we've had, we've all had those auditions where you walk in just for some reason, putting too much pressure on it or attaching too much of an outcome to it. And it just, you, you give up your power. Yeah. I think, I think you're absolutely right. That's a great thing to think about or a great thing to remind people of is they can smell it when mm. you, when you have that fear, when you're not confident, when you're maybe portraying somebody you're not, they can tell. 
You yeah. know, so come yeah. into the room confidently, yeah. you know, no, and no warm and happy and, warm and happy and perform. If it's that intimidating, I think I always felt like if I was that intimidated by the artistic team or who was behind the table, then just perform for your mom, you know, <laughs> right. Right. Just, just put on a good show, have yeah. fun yeah. uh, and entertain the room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and know that you're never going to have the best time in the room if you're standing outside of yourself watching yourself questioning yourself you know doing all of that you're just ne- so why sabotage it before it even happens you know when that door opens you have so much possibility and and they've seen it all they've seen every they've seen every you know they've handed people the role in the room and they've also seen people completely just defecate right all over the floor and everything in between and it's going to happen because not every day is going to be a great day and we all are real people and we have lives and there's stuff going on and you walk in the room and you're thinking about something you shouldn't be thinking about or whatever it might be. But, but to go in open and knowing that, knowing that at the end of the day, they want you to be the one because that means they get to say, it's cocktail time. We've cast the show, right? I mean, it's a business. That's the other thing. They're not sitting there to judge you. And I think that's one of the things I find with students today is that they feel very judged. They feel very, um, you know, there's so much talk over our mental health now that there wasn't when we were growing up. Yeah. And trying to lift that stigma and say, it's not, you're not being judged. They want you to be the one. They want you to be the fit because they need it to be fit. They need it to be perfect. You're a piece of this puzzle potentially. So if it doesn't go great for you, they feel bad. They don't feel happy. They're not crossing their arms going, ha ha, we, we, you know, we ruined another one. <laughs> you know, that's a great, that's a great point. And it's, it's cliche, but it's cliche because it's true. You will hear no a lot in this industry. Yeah. And I think for your mental wellness, understanding that they aren't judging you. They're not rooting for you to fail. You, know, no. you just don't fit into this puzzle. Yeah, because and at the end of the day, too, we have to humble ourselves and say, you're we're going into the business of auditioning. You're not going to the business of Broadway. You're going into the audition of auditioning, the business of auditioning. The, the wonderful byproduct may be that you get to get on a stage and be in a rehearsal all week, eight times a week and all that. But it's not the given. OK, that's a value bomb. That's amazing. Let's unpack that a little bit. You are in the business of auditioning, not yeah. in the business of Broadway. Nicolette, I love that. That's going up on the board. Oh, I love it. Oh, I don't great. have a board, but when I get a board, that's going on the board. <laughs> I mean, that's this is what you're studying for, right? When you're going to college and you're, you're just or going through your theatrical journey, whatever it may be, to gain experience, you're gaining experience so you can crush auditions. You got to get in the room. And then you got to get back in the room. That's the thing. That's the whole gig. And, you know, again, I, I try to get rid of that attaching us to the outcome. But don't see yourself on stage singing. She used to be mine. See yourself in the room with that incredible team singing in front of Sarah Bareilles and making her realize that you embody something, that you have something to say, that you have the right thing to say, and that you, you understand the 360 degrees of that character. Wow. And because the other thing is, you're not just auditioning for that show. When you go in for a casting director, they're putting you in a pile for 17 other things if you're wonderful. So you might not be wonderful for Jenna, but you might be wonderful for 17 other things. So just have a great time. Maybe tell us what it's like to work with a celebrity like Bette Midler. I mean, you went on tour with her. This opportunity comes up and I thought, this is 
unbelievable, but there's absolutely no way this is happening. So I went in with that attitude that I try to instill in all my students, which is don't attach anything to it. Don't attach anything to it because then you actually come across like the one that everyone wants to have in the, in the rehearsal room, right? You're just having a good time. Yeah. You're soaking it all in. You're having a great time. <laughs> you know. so what did you sing for Bette Midler? How Am I Supposed to Live Without You was my go-to at that point. And then I did a little I Can't Make You Love Me because she wanted to hear something like longer, legato, whatever. And then, but the first thing we did was dance. It was like hundreds and hundreds of girls dancing with Tony Basil. Wow. Well, I wouldn't have expected that. I mean, if you're auditioning, I don't, I don't know. I just would have thought they would have cut through singing first, then dancing first. You know what? Because, which is really interesting, that the Kiss My Brass tour, she was, they were committed to doing a really big splashy thing where the girls were going to dance. Yeah, that's true. So they put us through salsa and, you know, they put us through some, some technique. They put us through jazz combo, some hip hop, some African. I mean, we did everything. It was pulling from every dance class I'd ever taken in my life, you know? And they, they danced us all morning and then they sent us off to lunch. And then when we came back, um, they made a cut. And then we sang uh, really fast, really fast. And we're in the hall forever. And then we danced again. And then we left for the day. And that went on for, I think, three days. All right. On the third day, Bet came. Okay. Now it was down to maybe 16 people. And we had, in the day prior to her coming, we had been given harmony. We'd been sent harmonies to a lot of her songs. And they said, learn all the harmonies. So this was the theory test. Because if you're going to go on tour with Bette Midler, you need to be able to sing in whatever key. You need to change it the day of. You need to switch parts. You need to, all of that, right? So now being a musician came into play, which is a big part of what I do in my studio. You've got to read music. You've got to understand at least some sense of an instrument, whether it be guitar or piano or something. And so I could switch parts like that. And they had me go from top to middle to bottom and middle and top and all that. And it wasn't about, that's the other thing about this gig. It's not about Bet hearing your voice. It's about Bet understanding that you can blend with the two girls that are standing next to you. So you're talking about vowel shape, you're talking about sustain and how, you know, how people are shaping things. All of that came into play right there in the room with perfect strangers. Yep. And I understood it. I understood that that's what she was looking for. And that if your voice stuck out, don't yeah. pop the head, right? Don't pop the head. Yeah. yeah, this was that scenario. She doesn't need you to take... <laughs> She's you the star. A... You're not the star. She used to say, you know why they call them backup singers? That's Backup, you know, <laughs> right? Um, and 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 I loved that the test of that every day, having to sing these harmonies and make everything. And they were the music director's name was Bet, actually Bet Sussman, such a monster player and a monster conductor, and just unbelievable and to see a woman in that position. It was so cool, and how she could hear like, "Hey, whoever's on the seventh, just like you know, just lift it just a little bit, you know," and you'd be like, "Yes, you know." And, and everything was very fast and concise and specific. And it made me, it was, wow. I got off on it. Like I loved it so much. And so we did a couple days of that and they kept putting me with these two girls <clears throat> who are now my dear soul sister friends. Um, 
Camila and Kira DaCosta, we just kept getting put together and it felt really good. It felt right, you know? If we don't get this gig, we're starting a band because we're- Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then, so the next day they brought us in, we all had to tell Bet a joke. Can you think of anything worse wow. than having to tell, you had to tell her a joke or a joke or a story? And, you know, she just Did wanted you know to know that. Did you know that going in? I have to prepare a joke for Bette Midler tomorrow. They told us the, the night before they okay. put it in the they put it in the thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That'd be an awful surprise. if that. <laughs> and then we just like sang with her for the last day. You know, she would do a little lead and we'd have to sing back up. And we did some some combinations and some some dances with her and stuff. And just so she could see how we all moved together and all of that. But it was about a week long process. A, a couple of things I want to I want to go back to. Uh, first of all, going back to callbacks, mm. uh, I know a lot of people stress on what to wear, and people mm. talk about do I wear the same thing I wore so they remember who I am or uh. what you know. So going to those kinds of call this callback specifically, but other mm. ones as well. What do you how do you feel about? You know, my philosophy is of course you want to be remembered, and they're seeing a ton of people. So if I go from audition to callback. I feel like I've done something right <laughs> and I try not to mess with that equation. So I will, particularly if it's a dance combination, if it's a dance thing, or if there's a lot of people in the room and a lot of people auditioning, I will wear the same thing again okay. um, or something that feels very, very similar because what I've noticed too, and this is more from being on the other side of the table now is a lot of casting directors and directors will write down what someone wore. Oh, striped, striped jumpsuit. So if you come in the next day and you're in something wildly different, they may not find you before it's too late. So, you know, I, I tended to be like, you know, bra top and leggings. I never was a leotard girl. It just wasn't my thing. So I would wear the same thing when it got down to like final, final. Then I felt like I had some freedom because now they're only seeing maybe a handful of people and now they know who I am. So I felt like I could show some personality, you know. You had mentioned having a good time in the room. And it's not just about being talented, it's about being in a working relationship with somebody. The yeah. cast that you've been in, you've become yeah. a family. Yes. You know, I gotta live and work with you every single day for the next six yes. months to a year. Do I wanna put up with this person? Does this person seem snotty or have an attitude? Yeah. Or, oh my gosh, this person's having fun. I wanna hang out with this person. Yes. It's, that's such a great point, Nicolette. It it's super important. And, 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 you know, I see a lot of students who go into an audition scenario and think that they're making the right decision by getting hard on themselves in a dance call, uh, you know, because it shows that I have drive and I want to get it right. No, they don't want to see that because you're going to be in a rehearsal process where you're going to get that double. You're going to get that step. You're going to get it. They want to see your personality. They want to know that you're the one they want to hang out with after 10 hours in a room, after they've changed songs or rewritten something or scrapped a number. They want to know you're not going to be the one being like, <sighs> you know, you know, you've got to be the one they want to hang out with. Be the one they want to hang out with yeah, or be on a bus with or be in close quarters with or be in a tiny dressing room on 44th Street. I mean, yeah, <laughs> be the one they want to hang out. Be with. the one they want to hang out with. That yeah. is so great. Nicolette, yeah. I know you have 
so many more stories from all of your experiences. And I would love to have you back, but thank you so much for the value bombs you've dropped today. Those are great things for us to reflect on, to take note of, and to be in the business of auditioning and prepare accordingly. I love that. I got to take a little break, but I want to bring you back for our lightning round, if you so choose. Sure. Sounds terrifying. (laughs) Nicolette Hart, are you ready for our lightning round? I think so. (laughs) All right. I got 15 questions here for you. And the first one is, first Broadway soundtrack you ever obsessed over? Phantom of the Opera. Go-to song when singing in the shower? I don't sing in the shower. I warm up in the shower. I don't sing in the shower. Oh, so scales then. You would say scales. Right. Lip trills, that sort of thing. Okay. Cake or pie? Cake, but I will never turn down a pie. (laughs) Show you wish you could go back in time to be in. Blame is. Original Broadway cast? Oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Who is someone that if they punched you in the face, you would not be mad at them? Stevie Nicks. That's awesome. (laughs) If you could do one show for the next five years, what would it be? Next to normal. Say good day, mate, in Australian accent. Good day, mate. Stephen Sondheim is writing a musical about your favorite childhood toy. What is it? I I didn't have a lot of toys, but I will say my favorite game was Mystery Date. So maybe Mystery Date, the musical. Oh, I like open the door for your mystery day. <laughs> that was the original commercial. So yes. I don't know why I know that. But Steven Sondheim could have fun with that jingle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it belongs in company. <laughs> <laughs> South Pacific or Oklahoma? They're both so controversial. Um, South Pacific. Which animal adds more joy to the world, squirrels or llamas? Llamas. Go-to cast album when on a road trip? You know, controversy. I don't listen to a lot of soundtracks on road trips because for me, a musical has to be, it's got to be seen and heard. Everything has to be happening all together at one time. I don't just listen to them. If I'm going on a road trip, I'm listening to Toto, Fleetwood Mac, Shaka Khan. I just don't get the same experience. I, I can respect that. I uh, will put in my tool or my perfect circle. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to need an answer from you. If you have to, if, if somebody says you have to, you have to listen to a cast album over mm-hmm. three hours as we drive, mm-hmm. what's it going to be? Les Mis. All right. Is it because I said three hours? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, gosh, it's just perfect in every way. What duet do you enjoy singing both parts to? Ooh. Um, closer than ever. Uh, I've been here before. It's, it's never that easy. I've been here before. Oh, great choice. Oh, man, I, I got to listen to that song now. I haven't heard that song oh, in, in, a, in a while. Sally Mays. Forget about it. Nice. Wow. Uh, next superhero to have a Broadway musical. <laughs> well, funny enough, I've been a part of a show called Chick Six in New York for many years that now has become Super You. 
Um, and it's about superheroines. And I, I'm not really attached at this point just because I'm not there. But it has some face-melting singers in it. And it's going to be incredible. All right. Yeah. I show up to an audition. You haven't seen me dance, heard me sing, watch me act. What do you typecast me as? <laughs> I don't know if the glasses help or so profile. I'm going to say naughty professor, naughty professor or, or, or bad boy love interest. Oh man. I feel like I'm an eighties movie about to happen. I love it. <laughs> Nicolette Sorry, Hart, Brandy. A... Sorry, Brandy. <laughs> that was a great lightning round. Thank you very much. Thanks for letting me put you on the spotlight. Sure. It's been wonderful having you on the show. All the best to you. And uh, hopefully you. we can talk again real soon. I hope so. If you need music for an audition or a voice lesson, Performer Stuff's got you covered. PerformerStuff.com offers not only full music sheets, but also 32-bar and 16-bar cuts, pre-selected by our on-staff music directors with an intro and easy-to-read sheet for your accompanist. If you need some help practicing, you can download an audition bundle with the sheet music, a vocal lead, and practice track. Plus, the audio on the track matches the sheet music, so you can walk into your audition knowing exactly what to expect. As always, our search feature makes it easy for you to find what you're looking for. So when you need music, come check us out at performerstuff.com. Isn't she amazing? The incredible Nicolette Hart. I just want to recap two of her value bombs. She spoke about a lot of great things, but two things I want to make sure that you remember that you write down in your journal tonight. One of them being, you are not in the business of Broadway. You are in the business of auditioning. You got to get in the room. You got to be great at auditioning. Make sure you master that. You're not in the business of Broadway. You're in the business of auditioning. Also, you know, when she was talking about going into audition for Bette Midler, she didn't attach anything to it. She just wanted to go in there and have a good time and show off her personality because you got to be the person they want to hang out with. Can they spend 10 hours a day in a rehearsal room with you? Can they hang out in a tiny dressing room or on a bus driving cross country? Be the one they want to hang out with. It's a huge part of auditioning and showing your personality. Make sure you check out, check out NicoletteHart.biz. All things Nicolette Hart, you can find her at NicoletteHart.biz. I'll be back in just a moment with my thank you five. Today on Thank You Five, I want to talk about a really fun thing to do when you're a big theater nerd like me, and that's go down that Broadway music rabbit hole. Now, some people aren't familiar with some basic Broadway shows, or maybe what I consider basic Broadway shows, and it amazes me. But then I remember what I was like when I first fell in love with Broadway, and I only had a limited collection and a limited knowledge of what to even look for. So... I want to give you some tips and some fun things that I have used to find new material and to refresh my knowledge of material as well. But really dive into that rabbit hole. It can be a lot of fun to find that new material, new Broadway show, new Broadway performer, or new composer. So one thing to look for is to maybe Google search the top 100 best-selling Broadway cast albums. I mean, they're best-selling for a reason. 
So knowing what those are could prove pretty important. It could uh, help you in conversation. It could expand your knowledge. Uh, and uh, one of the interesting things about that list, I believe, is that Les Miserables appears on it several times for the different cast recordings. And then I think the number two is Phantom of the Opera and the number three is highlights to Phantom of the Opera or the other way around. So it's a really interesting list, but familiarize yourself with it or at least look at the albums and maybe grab a song or two from each one. So top 100 best-selling Broadway cast albums is a great list to help you familiarize yourself with some, some great recordings and some great shows. Another thing to search for, just go to Wikipedia, search for Tony award-winning musicals, go down that list, maybe start with the Tony award winners and then maybe move on to the nominees as well. I mean, a lot of amazing shows uh, never actually won the Tony Award for musicals, but you got to start somewhere. You know, and the amazing thing about this day and age, I mean, I have an incredible CD collection. And that CD collection is now obsolete, but it is beautiful to look at. So I'm glad I have it. But now with, I'm not endorsing any particular product, but I, I, currently have Apple Music, so I essentially own every Broadway cast album. And that is just amazing to me. I mean, to build up the collection that I have of tapes and CDs and albums, you know, took me a long time. And, you know, almost overnight, it was rendered obsolete. But you have this at your disposal, some incredible services, Google, YouTube, but Spotify, Apple Music, other subscription music services. So really, enjoy that. I, I know I have. Um, so Wikipedia, Tony award-winning musicals, and you can also Wikipedia, Tony award-winning composers. It's great to know who those people are and, and why, you know, a lot of those greats are going to be people that your mentors, your future bosses and artistic teams are going to be very familiar with. So familiarize yourself with them and with their works. And if they ever use that as a reference for you to develop a character with or a style of music they want to see performed, you'll know immediately what they mean. Um, also, here's a fun one. The, the Pulitzer Prize winning musicals. There's only been 10 musicals that have won the Pulitzer Prize for drama. And that means they're pretty good and they're probably admired very heavily. <laughs> so what are those 10 shows? What are the songs from those 10 shows? Maybe dive in as to why they won the, the Pulitzer Prize for drama, what makes them stand out and what makes them so great. It's only 10 shows, but it's a great list of shows that, that I think you should be familiar with. Uh, another fun thing to do, is, and these are all fun because I'm a theater nerd. I don't know if everybody thinks these are fun, probably not, but uh, is to type in uh, Broadway performers solo albums. I mean, some amazing Broadway performers have phenomenal solo albums, and it's so great to hear them sing songs that they're not famous for. You know, they make they sing songs from other Broadway shows, but they would never be cast in those shows to sing those songs. So it's great to hear how they interpret it and the choices they make, and the, not only character-wise, but musically, and maybe even the key is changed. Uh, so listen to those Broadway solo albums as well. There's a lot out there. I I mean, even people who aren't Broadway stars with today's technology are able to record and, and publish music. So really dive in and, and search your playbills. A lot of the performers and playbills have websites and they have music. So it'll give you some good instincts on, on making new choices as, as an actor and hearing a song in a different way, which also leads me to you know, listening to 
the same show, but different recordings. I mean, Apple Music is great because I can listen to the Broadway cast album and I can listen to the London cast album and then I can listen to the Paris cast album and so on. And I can hear different interpretations of the same song. Go down that rabbit hole. You'll have a great time discovering new music and new artists. And with that, thank you, Five. If you have a huge audition coming up and you don't want to search through the same old monologue books, check out performerstuff.com. Our custom search feature lets you narrow down exactly what you're looking for, get a quick preview of the monologue, then print it out. Plus, lots of materials come straight from the playwright, so you won't walk in with the same monologue as everyone else. It's the easiest way to get your audition or classroom monologues. Search, preview, print at performerstuff.com. Today on Professor's Corner, he's back, and he's back because he's awesome. Musical director, conductor, composer extraordinaire, the teacher of high school, college, and professionals. He's been there, he's done that, and he's taught them. And now he's here to teach you. Please welcome back Mr. Sean Michael Flowers. What do you got for us this week, Sean? What are we talking well, about? I, I, uh, we, we've talked um, previously about um, you know being a student of your craft, um, building your network. Um, I think one of the th uh, third things that I, one of the things I think is really, really important um, is to understand your brand as a performer. Um, the truth is, is that in casting, we have a casting problem and we are looking for the casting solution, which is you. We want you to be successful when you walk into the door, uh, when you walk through that door. Um, we don't want you to sound like Adina Menzel. Um, we want you to sound like you. If you think about all of your idols or all of your um, all the people you look up to as performers, there's something unique about them that they have um, capitalized on. And so um, to that end, it's be you, be your brand. Um, that um, is sometimes a hard thing to figure out at first. And sometimes you can sort of like paint yourself into a little corner. But I think that's partly if you listen to our previous podcast, um, that's also where the mentorship comes in. Um, where those opportunities are helping to, for you to establish that brand and finding out what's unique about you uh, to capitalize on. As part of that, though, um, Christian, I wanted to um, just talk a little bit about casting because, um, uh, you know, we can all sort of get hung up on um, why didn't I get that job? Um, and, you know, I'm not getting feedback. Um, I haven't I don't know why I didn't get that work. Um, and I, I wanted to sort of put a little bit of salve um, uh, on, on on some wounds, I guess, um, because sometimes casting is is um, it, sometimes the reasons behind not getting casting um, is is not talent based at all. At all, um, that's such a great point. It is so worth discussing. I don't mean to interrupt, but please. it is a it is a huge point because performers learn very very early on they're going to hear no a lot. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the reasons they hear no has nothing to do with their talent. Can I just say, I remember one day, um, and sorry to take us a little off track, but I, I remember saying, Christian, I don't have the skin for that. And you're like, oh, I love auditioning. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, because you did, you would just, you'd go in and you'd do your, you know. It was a free dance class. I loved auditions, you know, like these new choreographers I never got to work with, you know, people that didn't typically show up to the dance classes I were in. I, it was a free dance class for me. You know, I, I, I loved it. What a great perspective. I, you know, I was just telling, um, we just completed our semester here at Nazareth. Um, and I was just, they had auditions on Friday and Saturday. Um, 
and I was just telling my students that they're all, that, that that audition is about them. Like, um, I and I joke sometimes that at the end of auditions, um, that that uh, people should be like, Andrew, welcome, because you got to hear me sing. But you know, if you look at that as an opportunity um, to perhaps even get you know um, acting notes or readjustments in the room, those are all opportunities to continue to learn as well. Um, but the, the point about it sometimes not being about talent, um, I'll tell a, a couple of stories. Um, uh, one of which is um, sometimes when you're building an ensemble, um, if there's one adjustment, if someone isn't available or someone removes themselves from consideration or, or whatever, they, they, they've got another job. Um, if I've built that, that ensemble sound that I want and suddenly let's say, that soprano, that soprano's got a really dramatic sound, and the next person that was in line has a really lyrical sound. That really shifts the rest of the numbers behind them. If I'm looking to balance an ensemble, so sometimes some people that might have been an A consideration suddenly it went to you know B consideration because of um, any adjustments that got made, you know, somewhere else in the matrix. I think another another casting example story that I can give you, and I'll apologize right now if uh, you did audition for me um, for in Forever Plaid for in in New York City. Um, there was a you know we we were getting um, just guy after guy coming in who had done the show um, had done it a gazillion times. So these guys were great. They all sounded great. Um, they all understood the style. Um, it was just a rock solid like representation. Um, and as the day was going on, um, there was probably six or seven of us at the table, I don't remember. Um, but as the day was going on, our callback pile just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, and this guy comes in and I think he was singing for Smudge or something and he, and he comes in and he's magnificent. And the producer takes his, his headshot and his resume and he's putting it into the callback pile. And I said, no, I said, he's not getting called back. He goes, why not? He was as good as the other guy. And I go, he was, I didn't like his belt. And I said, we have to start finding reasons to not call people back. And the, the same thing happened to the next guy. So the, the producer is putting him in and then he looks at me like, so, and I go, no, his shoes. So look, I'm not a fashion icon, but the reason why the latter half of those people didn't get called back is because we had so many at that point. Um, it was not because there was a lack of talent, certainly. You know, earlier you spoke about um, finding out who you are and what is your brand. And I think that is what the early part of your career should intentionally be about. When you're going to college or if you're going through community theater or theme park or dinner theater, regional theater productions, it's about figuring out who you are, listening to the director's notes, listening to the choreographer's notes or the musical director, hearing what cast members are saying about you and your performance and figuring out what is your style, what is your brand. Um, and, but it's doing it intentionally, you know, making those notes that that is what they're complimenting you on. That is what is unique about you, your unique value proposition, if you will. Yeah, no, no, 100%. I think it's that intentionality of it. You know, it took me a while to catch on that people were calling me little Abner and Gene Kelly. Yep. You know, why do they keep calling me that? Because I was athletic because I was kind of butch and I was a football player and not really a football player, but I was a little meatier on stage. I wasn't as graceful as everybody else. I learned that my athleticism was something to be valued and to show off 
at yeah. auditions yeah. and to show off in the rehearsal process. So those directors and choreographers would be like, man, that guy is working. I want him in my next show. Yep. If, if you know that you've got those warm, buttery notes um, and yet they still want to hear a high, you know, D belt, then you better find that material that's going to showcase all those warm, buttery notes and then also deliver on that high D. You know what I mean? It's important to spend that time to, to, early in your career to figure it out. And your brand can change. You know, as I grew older, as I started to get gray in my beard, as I started to go bald, you know, I was a, I was a 25 year old ensemble dancer who was balding. You know, so I shaved my head. That was an intentional because I wanted to be more marketable in the ensemble. And at the time, it was a way to be a little more hip rather than balding. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I was I was aware of that. And your brand may change, but know, know what it is. Know what it is. And it's OK that it evolves. Um, I, I certainly know where my strengths are. Um, those are the things that we capitalize upon. Let's just recap real quick, because it's important to know your brand, know your strengths, know what you're going after, and to highlight those. Uh, to highlight them. It, whatever is unique about you is what you need to capitalize on. Like that, knowing that brand and capitalizing on who you are. You're enough. You know that idea that you're enough, and that like you uh, you bring something special. Uh, a friend of mine, I, I know we're recapping. He would say. Um, you do you because you're the best. You're, you're the best you that's out there, um, and that's the point. Yeah, and then it's even if you do highlight what you are the best at, you still might not get the job for the most obnoxious reason because they already have enough redheads because they already they're putting their best friend in the role because of whatever they have the wrong shoes on his head. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And it's, we've both been through a whole slew of auditions to know that incredibly talented people don't get the role, yep. you know, and we want people to succeed when they walk in the room. 100%. We want our jobs to be easy. So we're rooting for everybody to be awesome. That's true. It's but totally true. Um, and I want to recap something that you said is you go into that dance call. It's like a free dance class. Mm -hmm. Like what a great opportunity to learn something new from somebody else and to be seen. Yeah. Great. Great stuff, Sean. Thank you Thanks, so man. much. I'm uh, glad you keep coming back and throwing us these golden nuggets for us to, to learn from. And, you know, and actually for us to kind of remember when we're mentoring and we're, you know, out there and talking to people as well. So they're great refreshers for me as well. So thanks a lot. All I the value this time. Thanks, Christian. Join me, Mark Pawsey, your host for Pro Series on PerformerStuff.com with friends and colleagues from the entertainment world whom I've had the pleasure to work alongside during my illustrious show business career. Together in conversation, we share our knowledge, experiences, wisdom and passion for the arts. From Broadway in the West End to theme parks, cruise ships and everything in between, Pro Series will bring you tips on how we succeeded in this industry that we love and respect. Pro Series. Conversations with the Pros, brought to you by PerformerStuff.com. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me in the holding room. I hope you had a good time listening to the show. And a huge shout out to Nicolette Hart and, of course, to Sean Michael Flowers. So fantastically smart and so talented. I'm so grateful that you all were on the show. And I have some amazing guests next week as well. You're not going to want to miss a story that Christy Cates shares about auditioning for the original Broadway cast of Wicked, 
where she cracked on a high note in front of Steven Schwartz. Hey, but it all turned out okay. She ended up understudying Idina Menzel on Broadway. So some more fantastic stories from Christy Cates next week. Plus, I'll be talking about why you can't call Cats a bad musical. That's been In the Holding Room with me, Christian Abbott. Make sure you're checking us out on performerstuff.com and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. <laughs>